0: Welcome to the Psychology of Dating podcast. My name is Nadine Newkirk and I'm a clinical psychologist and dating coach. Today's episode, we're going to be looking at some tips about how to help you heal from a breakup or when a connection's ended. Before we jump into that, I'd Love if you have a spare minute or second to jump on whatever podcast site you're on. So it could be Apple, Spotify, a different one, and give a star rating or a review. Um, it takes just a couple of seconds to give that star rating and it helps visibility. I've got a new goal for 2024 to bring up that rating um, so we can spread the knowledge of dating across the world. So I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay. How to help heal from a breakup. Breakups can be really, really tricky. It can be a lot of uncomfortable emotions. It can, I think there's a reason why there's most songs and movies around heartbreak, around romantic relationships, because it's really intense emotions that it can physically hurt your chest area, your heart area, when there's a connection that's ended It can be really sad, you can feel anger, you can feel hopeless or numb, there can be loss of sense of self or direction for the future, and there can also be really difficult thoughts that come up, rumination, kind of repetitive thoughts of, what could have I done, you know, what did they do, I wish I did it differently, if only I'd done this, and repeating or replaying moments in your head it can really be all consuming and often if you've been with someone in you know places that you've normally walk to or cafes or your home there's constant reminders and your mind can almost be ambushed by those images those thoughts so it's really important to think about how can i help myself my nervous system heal from this breakup and what are things that can exacerbate it or make it worse? So some things that can make heartbreak worse is trying to ignore or push away the thoughts and feelings. So some distraction can be helpful. We know that if you're stuck in this repetitive, ruminative cycle, it's good to have space to think about something different, to distract yourself with friends or going out, a TV show, doing a hobby. But what we don't wanna do is overuse distraction where it becomes avoidance. So distraction is helpful if there's a time limit to it. So if you have a conscious time and space, a couple of hours, half a day, where you're like, I'm gonna push that out of my mind, give myself some space, but I'm gonna come back to these feelings, come back to these emotions. If you're constantly pushing it down, what it does, it doesn't get a rid of the emotions. It kind of piles them up and it might feel at first like they're getting condensed. You know, if you've ever, I often, when I can't be able to take the bin out, you like squash it down. And at first it works. You're like, wow, heaps more space, problem solved. But you keep doing that. You keep trying to squash it. And eventually it's so compact, there's no room. And then everything starts to spill over. And with our emotions, if we ignore them long enough, they will start to pop out and kind of ambush you at unexpected moments, and you'll be flooded by those emotions. That's where, you know, you're out and then suddenly you're bursting into tears with friends because there wasn't that time or space to be able to process the emotions. Other challenges or kind of difficulties that fuel heartbreak and hinder us from healing is if there's repetitive, ruminative thoughts. So rumination is where you're recycling thoughts over and over and over again. And we're thinking about the past, but not in a way where we're reflecting or learning or using that information. It's rather like a trailer gone on repeat and used to self-criticize or blame or kind of fuel whatever emotion is there. So what we want to do instead is be able to think about the past but then process and understand, okay, what emotions are coming up? What is the purpose? What can I learn from this? How can I sit with this emotion for a while and you know, let it ride its wave and come through the other end rather than thinking about it, feeling the feeling but then trying to squash it down? So those are some ways that you can really – flare up or hinder breakups, what are some ways that could help you heal? So one is giving yourself space to time and process. And this usually for most people means having time away and cutting contact with the person that you've broken up with. It might be helpful to think, I could be friends with them, I still want them in my life. The difficulty is if you're having a lot of painful, unprocessed emotions, you're not giving yourself a chance to process those first and then move the relationship to another stage if you're wanting to be friends later down the track. So what does getting space look like? It's not only physical space of not seeing that person, it's also getting space on things like social media. It might seem harmless to do a little bit of stalking or, you know, I'm not writing to them, but I'm just seeing their feed pop up on my Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is. But every time you see that, that draws you back into it. And you might get images of them smiling and happy and your mind looks at this kind of shiny post and thinks they're all happy, everything's all fine, and then you feel even worse. And we don't know the full story in that situation. You know, one picture doesn't actually tell us what's going on in someone's life and you fill in the gaps. So really making sure that you, you know, temporarily unfollow that person. Um, If you don't want to be friends with them anymore, actually deleting them from your social media, taking time off social media, but also if you are spending time on it, consciously thinking about what are you kind of feeding your brain with. We want to put fertilizer, things that grow and help you heal, rather than putting little pellets of poison. So if you notice, hey, I feel really down when I'm following that feed of married couples, Maybe it's time to pause that and follow something different. Maybe you have a hobby like gardening or something like that and you feel inspired when you see different projects, um, you see different plants grow. Maybe you can start following things like that instead, which you notice kind of can shift your mood when you go on social media and look at that. So first step is giving yourself space, cutting contact and giving yourself enough space. So we don't want to do it... Just enough where you feel like you're just coping and then have contact with that person and it kind of all floods back. Like give yourself proper space where you feel like it's enough and then do half more again. Another tip is allocate yourself time to process feelings. So instead of using that avoidance of constant distraction, can you actually consciously give yourself space to feel? And this can, this can be hard because there's uncomfortable emotions that come up with a breakup. It can hurt. The thing is, though, those feelings are coming up regardless whether you give them conscious time or not. But if you give them conscious time, you actually allow the emotion to come up like a wave. So it comes up, it has a peak, the highest intensity, and an emotion will always come down the other end. So even if I said to myself, I want to only feel... Hopeless or angry or anxious for the rest of my life, it's actually physiologically possible to stay with one only emotion for that whole time because it takes different hormones, neurotransmitters, different physiological functioning in the body, and every emotion will come up with a wave and come down the other end. Even if there's times where you feel low, there'll be variations within that. So it's a really helpful analogy, which in, uh, I often use in my psychology sessions, the linen cupboard. I'm not actually sure where this analogy came from it. So I'm sorry I can't credit to the person. It's quite a well-known analogy or metaphor in the psychology world. Imagine you've got a linen cupboard and there's all these messy sheets and towels and everything squashed in there and you're trying to close the door, but it doesn't quite fit and the door keeps popping open and things keep spilling out. So imagine this is your emotions for a breakup that you're trying to shove it back understandably because they're painful, normal human instinct to avoid pain. But every time you're trying to shove it back, it'll pop out, you know, when you don't want it to pop out, like you're in the middle of a meeting and suddenly you get this memory of your ex and you bur- you know, you're wanting to burst into tears in the middle of a work meeting. So what can we do with that? With the linen cupboard, it's opening the door and item by item, once, you know, taking out a sheet or a towel, taking time to really unfold it, have a good look at it, and then refold it back into place and put it in the cupboard. And over time, you start to get things more folded, things more clearer, more neater. And they're still there, all the items are still there, but you can close and open the cupboard as you please at your choosing. So if you give yourself time to consciously process emotions, say, you know, you've had a work day and then you come home, you eat, you have a shower, and then you give yourself an hour to feel whatever you're feeling, to journal, to meditate, to light a candle, to have a cry, whatever you're needing to do to help process that emotion. And allocating time means that later then, the next day, when you're feeling down, you can remind yourself, I've got time to process that. And it helps you be able to access it without having it just suddenly pop out and ambush you. What are some ways that can help process feelings? So one is we've got to name it to tame it. So acknowledging what the emotion is and looking at its function. If you're feeling really sad, that can indicate that there's a value, something you want in your life that you're missing. So sadness from a previous relationship, often we think it's just that one person, but actually it's what they brought in the relationship. So maybe they were really funny. Maybe you had lots of adventurous times together. Maybe you enjoyed cooking or intellectual chats, whatever it was, see if you can see not just that one person but the overarching value because that is something that you can tap into and access in other areas of your life. With a new person, with friends, hobbies, there are ways that you can tap into that value. If you're feeling really angry, this tells you that a goal was blocked or it tells you that a moral was violated. Anger tries to get change. So if you're ruminating and feeling really angry about something with an ex, have a look at that and see, is there any boundaries I want to put for next time? Is there anything that I want to learn or take away for a future relationship? And sometimes it's also coming to radical acceptance. So for example, I was once ruminating after a connection ended. It was very short and sharp. It was one of those really intense ones. It was a three-week flurry where, you know, seeing someone every two to three days, um, messaging all day, multiple times a day, and had clarified exclusivity, and then hung out one more time a full day, you know, did yoga in the park, and can't remember what we did in the evening. I think it was a dinner or something fun. And then they started ghosting me and a couple of days later they said that they weren't into it and it was very confusing <laughs> after having someone very intensely want to hang out and say yes to exclusivity and then suddenly drop it. And initially when I was feeling angry, it was angry at myself. It was like, I should have known, I should have be able to see that coming. And giving myself time to process those emotions helped me realize there was nothing I could do. <laughs> that there was there wasn't signs. I, you know, followed all the steps. I took it, you know, at a pace that felt comfortable for me. And I didn't regret actually asking for exclusivity for that person because it it ended, and that's okay. Sometimes we can't predict the future and see that something will end, but I gave it a shot and I gave it a chance. And if I didn't give myself time to properly process that anger and what it meant, I would probably ruminate and just keep criticizing myself. Okay, so another thing to be aware of to help you heal from a breakup is being aware of the pedestal effect. So this is where our brain <laughs> can be really clever. You know, maybe you, when you were deciding whether you break up with someone or not, if um, you know you did have a choice in it. Um, sometimes we don't. When the other person breaks up. But sometimes in those moments, you remember all the things that aren't healthy, you're not right in that connection, and it helps you do the breakup. And then as soon as you've broken up, suddenly your brain switches a (laughs) flick, flicks (laughs) a switch, and you can only remember all the beautiful, positive, amazing times with that person. You're like, what have I done? Why has this ended? And we think of all the Uh, beneficial qualities of that person and we discount or kind of turn a blind eye to anything that was a challenge or maybe not compatible in that connection. So we put that person on a pedestal. We put that relationship on a pedestal. And the thing is, our imagination is so powerful that then nothing else can compare because in our mind, we can make something completely perfect and flawless and then nothing can compare to that. And that's going to be really challenging moving forward because your mind says, well, I would feel completely happy and my life would be perfect if that had only worked out. And so we want to be aware of that trap of that, that's all or nothing thinking. So sometimes we only think about it when it's the negative, but actually it can go the other way. If we're only thinking too positive, too shiny, that's also a trap. We want more balance and flexibility in our thinking. So it can be helpful to acknowledge, yes, there are things that, I really enjoyed in that connection and there were challenges. Another thing that might be helpful to heal from a breakup is reconnecting with your self-care, reconnecting with your life. Breakups can be all consuming as I said, it can really flood your nervous system, you can be flooded with emotions, with thoughts, can feel hard that you don't really enjoy things that you used to. And it's okay if you don't get that full joy, but know that starting to reconnect with things that used to bring you happiness can trickle in over time and just help at least make things not worse, and over time can help you feel more like yourself. So what self-care things could they be? They might be um, sleep, regular food, they might be exercise, might be connecting with friends, family, might be your work, might be different hobbies that you enjoy. I remember after one breakup, my saving grace is often the beach. So I love the beach. I love nature. And no matter how down I was, if I went for a walk, maybe I woke up at 3am and I was ruminating and I'd go for a walk and just see that ocean, see the sunrise I might not feel completely better, but it did help settle my nervous system. And finally, when healing from a breakup, when you decide to go back into dating, do it consciously, make it a decision rather than trying to just cover something up or distraction avoidance again. So sometimes it might be tempting to jump straight back into the apps and you know, you're know actually feeling really heartbreak broken and sad and then you're wanting to fix that emotion so you swipe 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 on hinge (laughs) the thing is if you're trying to use that as a crutch to help with your sadness that's not going to work that you're going to take that emotion is going to cloud whatever new dating experience you have so when you're going back into dating really consciously think about okay how am I swiping and when what steps am I doing how am I pacing myself You know, how am I going all the way rather than kind of just dabbling in it? So maybe I just go on the apps, but sort of chat for validation, but don't follow through with dates. That's going to end up in burnout. So you want to actually consciously, if you're going to jump back into it, really jump back into it consciously, even if it's having fewer connections, follow through with messages, follow through with dates, actually help yourself get results. Okay everyone, it was a lovely time speaking with you again and I'll see you next time.